a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hello, and welcome back to the... RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping. It's easy to see why we all go to RockyMountainATVMC.com because they are the premier shopping destination. And they also sell fly racing products. Fly racing gear looked pretty good at Anaheim. It wasn't best dress, but it was up for lit kit. You know, whatever that other award is. Hmm. None other than Weston Pike. Tons of privateers. Josh Grant. Blake Baggett. Benny Bloss. Fly racing. Great gear. Light hydrogen. Is Kiefer approved. You can find that stuff over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. And also, you can find Racetech stuff over at RockyMountainATVMC.com. You need some gold valves? They got them. You can buy them over there. All you guys out there in the garage doing your own valving and doing your oil changes and seals, head over to RockyMountainATVMC.com and use Racetech products. Racetech gold valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Racetech products and services are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Discover why when racers can choose, they choose Racetech. Matt Bichelia chose Racetech at Anaheim. He looked pretty good. He was on some other stuff three days before. Racetech swooped in and got him, and he loves it, just like I love it on the Honda 450. But today... We are going to talk about living with the 2018 CRF 250R, most anticipated 250 of 2018. It did finish fourth, actually it tied for fourth in the Kiefer Inc. 250MX shootout with the Kawasaki. We have about 20 hours on this sucker. My guy, my go-to guy, off-road guy, We're going to get more in the off-road segment here in a minute, but Michael Allen has been riding the CRF 250R. I have had tons of time on this bike, Um, not only my test bike, but also in the development process over the past, I don't know, couple years. So, as always, we're transparent here at Kiefer Inc. Uh, I did some testing with Honda on this bike before it was released. So, if there is a person that you guys want to talk to about this bike, I probably would be that person. Or Michael Allen, because he's actually been putting some time in on this sucker as well. Not only on the track, but he's been hitting the trails. He's racing Atlanta GP this weekend. So the bike has been uh, going strong. And not to jump ahead, but we haven't had any major problems with the bike. Um, Especially with the clutch. Um, Unlike the 450R, 
Um, clutch lasts quite a long time and uh, feels good. So, um, first things first, MSRP on the sucker is seventy nine ninety nine. We weighed it. It weighs in with a full tank of fuel, and that tank of fuel is 1.6 gallons at 239 pounds. It's the whole bike. So, not the lightest bike. You know, Husky and KTM have that, and Kawasaki's pretty light as well. But it's not the heaviest bike in the in the whole bunch either. So, the 2018 Honda 250R, what can I say about its stock? Well, if you went to keyforinktesting.com and you read the 250 shootout, or if you went to pulpmx.com and you read the things about each bike, you will know that the Honda needs some more bottom end to keep up with the Yamaha and also the KTM and Husky. Those have a little bit more meat down low. It's not exciting by any means with the KTM and Husky. The Yamaha has that excitement, that torque feel that I like on a 250 because, let's face it, I'm getting old. I want some of that torque. I'm not a hyperactive 16-year-old that wants to rev the shit out of their bikes. Although, 250Fs usually oblige that kind of riding because you have to ride them hard. So, the Honda suffered in the shootout because lack of torque. Everyone loved the chassis. Most everyone loved the suspension. And the ergonomics, pretty good as well. They just would like some more torque from the motor. When I was helping develop some of this stuff, we had some torque, um, some added torque, but some things change in development process, and not everything stays the same, so we lost a little bit of torque down low to gain some durability, which this bike is plenty durable. It's a Honda, right? So you know it's going to last a long time. Um... But I wanted to get here with you guys and talk to you about what I've done to our test bike, what I've uh, ridden, not even my test bike. I've ridden some other bikes, some other Honda 250s, with certain parts on them that I think benefits you guys out there that have these bikes. We'll talk about that. And also, it'll just break down things that are good and bad on this motorcycle. So, first things first, like I said, um, 20 hours on this sucker. Um, I usually try not to do a living with podcast until about 30 plus hours. And also, of course, um, 50 hour mark. We do one no matter what at the 50 hour mark because that's basically, to me, halfway to um, what you guys would normally put on your bikes in a couple years. I'm very, very um, concerned about some of these guys that say, Hey, I, I haven't uh, checked any of my stuff in a matter of 100 hours, you know? Well, at least you need to check your, your valves, okay? And especially if you're a 250 rider, I wouldn't recommend going a piston with not putting a piston in a ring and doing a valve check. Um, bef- you know, if you guys are over 50 hours, I would recommend putting one of those suckers in. Put a top end in it. It's a 250, it's high revving. It's not a 450. You can get away with not putting a top in in a 450 because it doesn't rev as high. Um, I don't think you're putting as much load on the engine as you do a 250. So um, I'm just kind of concerned about some of these guys out there. Oh, I'm at 80 hours and I haven't put a top in in my in my bike yet, dude. At least do a leak down test. Check your valves. You know, just do some stuff to make sure you guys aren't going to eat shit over a jump or something. Not to say that none of these bikes are reliable, but it's just good peace of mind. 
and it's just good to keep your bike fresh to keep it running at the you know tip-top shape so especially if you're fast if you guys are fast and revving it you know check your stuff every 20 to 30 hours for sure um i know yamaha back in the day had problems with rods and they were breaking at 10 hours so things can happen they are um some exceptions to the rule I get e emails as well saying, oh, you know, this happened to my Honda at eight hours. Have you experienced that? No. Sometimes I email you guys back and say, no, I haven't experienced that, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. All these bikes are built, um, they're all the same, but, you know, they're built differently. You know, things can happen. Um, there's variables. There's, like I said, exceptions to the rules. So just because you hear one guy say, I broke a crank or... Um, I seize my motor. That doesn't mean the bike's a piece of shit, and you should just like you know, hey, I'm not going to get that bike. You know, it matters if the guy takes care of it too. How often does he change the oil? Do you change in your filters? You know, sometimes I'm guilty of running an air filter too long, and there's dirt getting sucked in the air boot. I, you know, I take the air air filter out, and I'll see particles of uh, dirt in the air boot. Not good. That's my bad. And that all that contributes to. Um, a less durable engine so just know that so don't mean to ramble on but i just want to make sure you guys understand you know the importance of maintenance so what we've done to this engine we haven't done anything to our test bike but i have ridden um, and put some time on not just one day put some time on uh 2018 crf 250 with uh, a vortex ignition you guys hear me talk about ignitions a lot, <clears throat> whether it be a 450, um, whether it be a Get or a Vortex. Just so happens this ignition uh, was a Vortex um, factory connection. Um, had some of these on their bikes. I got a chance to test one, and let me tell you, this wakes the bottom end up a lot. Okay. It's expensive. Six, seven bills. Yep, I know. But not only does it increase pulling power, it gives you an exciting feel on RPM response and also makes your bike rev even farther. This Honda revs very far. I mean, it rivals KTM's um, over rev very far. You can rev the shit out of it. This Vortex Ignition, I think, cuts it off um, at 600 RPM higher than where it's at now. Granted, like I said, maintenance all goes hand in hand. Maybe you won't get the reliability out of um, putting an ignition on as you would a stock ignition, but you are getting more performance. So if we're talking about things that you guys want to do to get more performance, a vortex a vortex ignition is very good. Um, I approve of this this ignition box. Um, they did a great job. It's a plug and play design. You can mess with fuel trim and do things on on the um, unit itself, but I didn't. All the numbers were on five, which is a, a middle mixture. And like I said, RPM response is woken up, bottom end pulling power is better, and over rev is better. I also tried a high compression piston in this bike. Um, at one time, just the piston itself without the ignition, and then the next time, the piston and the ignition together. So, the piston that comes stock on a Honda 250 is 13.9 to 1, almost 14 to 1. This piston that I tried was 14 to 1, a little bit over, uh, 
it's not that much difference, right? You think, oh, it's not that much difference, 13.9, 14.1. But it really helped bottom end snap off the bottom. It didn't really help anything off the top end or over rev, but bottom end response with this piston in there um, is much better, and it gives it more meat down low. And this is what this bike needs because it's super empty um, and hollow feeling, second gear roll-on, and there's no way you're going to run third gear in corners on this bike. We're going to get to the transmission in a minute, but um, just trying to let you guys know what I have tried and what I do like. Um, so I do like a high compression piston. Just know that you will have to run some race gas. You don't have to buy the expensive Pro 6 fuel. Um, I do run a good fuel with a 14.1 piston. T4, you guys heard me talk about that, is a good fuel. Again, T4E is out um, VP is not doing that, so you will have to stick with a T4 um, fuel. Um, you can also go to, um, say, VP100. That is fine fuel to run with the high-compression piston, but you will have to run race gas. I did mix it half and half and didn't get any detonation with this piston, so would I recommend it long-term if you're a faster rider? No. If you're a vet guy, novice, not really revving the crap out of it. Diluting it 50-50 with pump gas is just fine. So know that. Um, transmission spacing on this bike. It's tough, man. <sighs> it's, it's, it's hard to explain, so bear with me here. So what I feel from the, CRF two, um, the CRF250R is second gear, you come out of the corner, I need to shift right away. Okay, like it's short. Very short. But... When I shift the third, it's too tall. So, and what's even weirder to me is sometimes I skip third gear altogether. If I'm in the air going over a jump and I'm accelerating down another side of the jump and trying to clear something else, sometimes I'll go from second, third, fourth, and I'll shift in the fourth, which I rarely do on 250s. I'm rarely in fourth gear because usually third gear is sufficient enough to get me down the next straightaway before I have to downshift again. But with this Honda, the transmission's kind of weird, and the spacing is is weird to me as well because second gear is really low where I have to shift to third, but third gear's high, but fourth gear seems closer um, to third gear than second is to third. So I just go, and sometimes, and most I would say 50% of the time, the tracks I go to, Sunrise, Comp Edge, Paula, Glen Helen, I will land off a jump and go from second to fourth. I'll just skip third altogether because it's tall, but it doesn't pull as good as fourth gear does, if that makes sense to you guys. So if I go second to third gear and shift into third gear, I don't get as much pull down the next straightaway as I would fourth because at the end of third gear, it's short, but at the beginning of third gear, it's very tall. This transmission puzzles me a little bit. And in development, I kind of said something, and uh, I think we are too far along in the process to, to do anything. I don't know. Um, but you can help this by going to the good old Jody program, which is going to a 49-2 sprocket. So that will help you from second to third to get you in third and kind of get some more meat as soon as you shift into third. It won't go as far into third, but also will close fourth down a little bit so you can use fourth. So, I would say for me, 1349 is a good gearing. Um, 
One Tooth does do a lot of work. I know we give Jody and the guys over at MXA a lot of shit about going One Tooth, but honestly, if the bike needs it, One Tooth can do a lot of good on certain motorcycles. So I know we jab and we make fun of that, but in this case, 1349 does work. So for those of you guys out there, and I don't care if you're a vet novice or a pro, I would try 1349 gearing just to see if it helps your third gear um, from second to third gear transition. And uh, let me know. Hit me up at chris at keyforinktesting.com and tell me if you guys are shifting into fourth gear because I've talked to a few guys that have these bikes and they say they use fourth gear a lot as well. So going to 1349 will help it. Um, you're still going to use fourth gear until they decide to do something with transmission spacing. I do not know what they're going to do, but this is more like a Band-Aid type deal to help it. Um, one, now, if you guys put the ignition and the piston in, um, it really helps the transmission spacing even more because you're getting more horsepower, so you don't notice it as much as you do if you're on a stock engine. This gearing is more for the stock engine type of guys to kind of fix that transmission spacing, but I still ran this 1349 gearing when I had some more meat, but I didn't notice the transmission spacing was off that much when I got that meat. So just know that. If you guys are getting some more added uh, bottom-end horsepower, um, your transmission spacing won't feel as weird as it would be a stock. So just know that. So I'm not going to give all the... I'm doing a, a shoot a muffler shootout with this bike, so I'm not going to give you guys all the details yet on my findings because I'm still going through some mufflers. Um, we will get back to you within a week or two, and we'll do a podcast about... Uh, the Honda muffler shootout that I'm that I've been doing, um, but I can tell you I can tell you guys this right now. Going to a FMF or a Yoshimura right now will give you more bottom end. So if you had a stock motor and the first thing I want to do is buy a muffler kefir, good. It will it will help. It helps bottom end. It helps mid range pulling power. And those two mufflers don't take away top end. I have another muffler in the mix um, that's going to be in there as well, which I don't have enough time on yet to tell you about, but I can tell you that the Yoshimura and FMF do help um, get you some more bottom end, so for those of you looking for some more bottom end, look into those mufflers. I think they are available. I know the Yosh is available now. I think the FMF will be within a week or two, so you can go on fmfracing.com and check it out, or you can go to Yoshimura. I think it's yoshimira-rd.com you can go there and i'm trying to get a um some bills pipes work out some of you guys been hitting me up hey i want you using bills pipes well i'm going to try that we're going to get that on there and i'll get you some feedback hopefully get a pro circuit and get you like three to four mufflers that you guys can uh decide on if you guys want this uh muffler on your bike and uh get you some more bottom in horsepower but for sure yoshimira and fmf will do that Look into that, so that'll help your engine response a little bit. Hey, commercial time. Thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track, or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruddedracing.com, or if you guys are on Instagram, at ruddedracing. Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put 
money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Reddit Racing or reddedracing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a Reddit Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also, don't forget, you know it's coming after Rutted Racing. Screenprintingdone.com. Wee-wee. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees. Get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. Screenprintingdone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. You're having an Anaheim 1 party? Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order 12, get 10 for free. Later. Going on to the chassis that I've experienced, um, Michael Allen, um, like I said, one of my OG test guys, um, one of the few guys that I trust helping me with my stuff, um, he, he even mentions a little bit twitchy, and he's more of a 250 uh, novice, intermediate type of rider. He's more of an off-road guy, but when he does ride moto, that's, that's the classes he rides, and he notices it's a little bit twitchy as well. I do notice this. Um, the frame doesn't feel stiff. like It feels a little bit stiffer than other bikes in its class, but not as stiff as its brother, the 450. The 450 feels a little stiffer, and you have to work with it more. We're not dealing with that much horsepower here in the 250 class, so I don't think um, chassis feeling is as important um, as the 450. But nonetheless, you guys can still drill holes in your top mounts on this bike. I don't know if you guys seen it, but there might be some pictures out there from Anaheim. I've been doing this for the past, I don't know, how long have I had the bike? A month or two. Um, four millimeter to five millimeter hole directly in the middle of the top engine hanger, both sides. This helps settle the chassis down, gives you a little bit more rear wheel traction. Front wheel traction doesn't do much, I'll, I'll have to tell you guys that, but you will get more rear wheel traction rear wheel burp that sounds weird um with these holes drilled in to the engine mount those you guys asking ah i think it's bullshit you got to drill holes why didn't they do that in in production testing um i can't tell you that reason i've never actually asked them maybe i should um but i do know race teams put um holes directly in the in the middle of their of their bikes and i've done it for many years and it doesn't have any um, reliability flaws when you do that I have never experienced a cracked mount because I drilled in the middle um, I've experienced crack mounts on Yamaha's that I haven't drilled so uh, Honda mounts never seem to have failures but it is a rigid chassis you guys out there saying I claim bullshit you're not gonna be able to feel it with four to five millimeter hole you can trust me I wouldn't even mention it if I couldn't feel it. So I'm not saying it's that you guys, <laughs> I'm not saying that you guys need to go do that. 
But if you feel like the frame is a little rigid and you want to do this without having um, an arm and a leg to go put down on some suspension to change all this, this is a cheap fix. Drill a hole. Start with four millimeters so you don't drill it too big and see if you notice a difference. I think 90% of you will feel the difference. So go to the, go to the hole. Um, drill that in the middle. You can, you know, mark it with a sharpie. Um, get that. I do it at home. I, like I said, I'm a novice mechanic. It's basic to do, not a big deal. But this helps with rear wheel traction. Kind of settles the bike down a little bit because I do feel it's a little bit twitchy on hard pack squarey stuff. Similar to the 450, maybe not as drastic, but similar. I'm gonna tell you guys this too as well. Ride Engineering makes a one millimeter link for the Honda 450 and 250. I just rode with the link for the 250 and that even helps it even more so I'm getting more real wheel traction with this link and it's kind of helping me set up for my corner better because it settles the chassis down even further so depending on which one you guys want to do first I do recommend as far as chassis fix for this bike I do recommend a one millimeter length arm and drilling those holes now I know Adrian. Adrian helps the show out. Ride Engineering supports the show. I don't care which... I'm not telling you guys to go buy a Ride Engineering link. I would like you guys to because he's he's a good dude and he helps the show. But if you can find someone who makes that one millimeter length, then, then by all means, use those guys. That's fine. Um, you guys can go to Ride Engineering and mention Kiefer-20 and get 20% off of that link. But... If you guys think I'm full of shit and you don't want to go there, I'm just trying to promote right engineering, that's fine. Go to somewhere else that has that one millimeter length and use that. That's fine. I'm just telling you guys, use that one millimeter length, whoever it is. That's fine. Um, but if you guys want to go to right engineering, you get 20% off. Save yourself some money. Um, but for sure, a one millimeter length is, is really good for that chassis, just like the 450. I have tested and evaluated 1.25s and 1.5s. And it made the bike a little bit lazy in corners for me. So I chose one millimeter because um, I noticed all positives and there wasn't any negatives with a one millimeter length. So uh, hunt around. If you guys want to search for a one millimeter length, whoever sells them, um, look into that. The fork, the fork and shock are a little soft on this bike. Even uh, Michael Allen, he's 170, a little over 175. I'm Right now I'm 168. Uh, pretty much all dick and ribs right now. Um, I've been sick a little bit, so I lost some weight. But I always fluctuate from 168 to 172. Um, that's basically uh, where I stay year-round. And it's a little bit soft for me. Again, I'm a front-end steering guy. I'm a little bit aggressive. Um, but from my experience, other guys that you know in the shootout that has ridden this bike that is anywhere between 160 to 170 find it a little bit soft. Comfortable. But a little bit soft. So for you guys out there, um, this is with or without a link. This is good for to tr you guys to try. Go to 107 to 108 millimeter um, shock sag, and you're going to want to stiffen up your high speed a quarter turn to a half a turn. Just like the 450, it's kind of empty at the end of its stroke in the shock, and you're going to want a little bit more holdup. I would say go to a quarter turn stiffer. That doesn't affect um, exits of corners if it gets choppy going to half a turn does negatively affect that part of the shock a little bit harsher 
Um, but if you're a heavier guy than me, then maybe you should go to half turn stiffer. Also, it uh, doesn't hurt to go plus two stiffer on low speed and slow that shock down a little bit. Even if you're riding high speed choppy stuff, I go one slower. If you guys are riding deep sand and very large braking bumps, go two slower. Um, fork height, anywhere between flush to three millimeters is appropriate depending on where you're riding. Um, locally here, I go three millimeters and with that link, I do like that. Um, if you guys don't have a link, you can, um, like I said, try anywhere between flush to three millimeter, three millimeters, but I stick with three mil. Um, rebound, I kind of leave alone. I feel like the rebound is pretty good. The action of it, it's not uh, too fast or too slow. So I leave the rebound stock, but I do go um, anywhere between two to four click stiffer on this fork. This helps a little bit without getting too much of a harsh feeling. With this stuff though, guys, you're going to want to do one um, click increments. Showa's suspension is finicky when it comes to clicks. KYB's, I do two clicks, but uh, Showa stuff, I do one click increment um, increments. Sorry. Uh, bear with me here because like I said, I have a cold. Um, I tried steering stabilizers. I, you know, I've tried going back to the old school Honda one. Um, I, I don't think Honda implemented it um, because it didn't really do much. Um, for me, it didn't. At least I didn't feel that much. Um, I have tried um, Honda stabilizers that have been va been valved that have worked really well, but I do not see a benefit of putting on a stabilizer on this bike. I just didn't notice it. Um, so for me, um, trying to justify spending the money to get one, um, I just I just wouldn't do it for me. So um, I get hit up a lot about, hey, what about a Honda stabilizer and and even on the 450, I just don't I don't feel anything different. So um, if you guys want to go buy one for a placebo effect and make you feel better, that's fine. But I didn't see any positive or negative with it. So um, it's up to you guys what you guys want to do there. Um, so basically, that's that's pretty much of the chassis side that I've done with it. I haven't really done any uh, suspension work yet. I left it stock. Like I said, 20 hours on this bike. Um, I am going to plan to do some suspension settings with um, Racetech, Enzo, and Factory Connection because um, that seems to be the three major uh, ones you guys talk to me about um, when you email me. So uh, I will be doing that in the future. Um, there's going to be a lot of things I'm going to do with this bike because this is uh, probably one of the most talked about bikes in a long time, especially with the dual duels. You know, you're coming out the coming out the head with two head pipes. Um, I might even try doing some stuff with Racetech, um, some engine stuff that they have, some engine services. So um, really cool stuff that Rob wants to do that I can't tell you about, um, but it really is going to be unique, and hopefully it works. And if it doesn't work, I'll, I'll still tell you about it too. So, um, But we are going to try some things and do some settings with this bike and really break it down and give you guys some options out there. Um, Lifespan prod, you know, lifespan parts on this bike, chain and sprockets, not very good. One thing Honda needs to um, get better with is their chains. The chains suck on this bike. They stretch out. They're done within four to five hours. Sprockets are decent, but they wear out. Um, I use, I, I've used Pro Taper sprockets, Renthal, um, Sunstar, any of those sprockets um, I've used and I approve of. Um, 
Renthal has a twin ring that you guys can try for those of you guys who want to have a little steel end with aluminum middle. Um, but I use aluminum sprockets and DID chains. Chain recommendations for me. Um, for me, length of time on bikes and lifespan, I use DID non-O-ring. Off-road guys, I would use DID O-ring. Um, those are my suggestions. Clutch life on this is so much better than a 450, even though I probably use it more on this bike than I do the 450. So um, I don't really have any negative comments about um, the clutch itself, lifespan, but I do have a negative comment about um, actuation and engagement point on the clutch. Michael told me that he, he doesn't like that he has to pull in the clutch when he starts it. I get it. It's a safety thing. If you guys go to Works Connection uh, Clutch and Perch, which I recommend, you guys can bypass that. Um, there's a YouTube video up with Jay Clark that has that. If you guys don't know how to do it, um, hit me up at chris at keyforingtesting.com. I'll get you the link, and you can check it out. Um, but to me, that doesn't bother me that much as much as the action of it and uh, the engagement when I'm going to release it I you know I put it in gear and I go to take off it doesn't engage until very very far out I like to have my clutch engage in the middle so what also that does is when you tap your rear brake in the air um, it feels grabby and uh, I don't like that part of it um, going to a works connection um, elite lever and perch helps that slightly it doesn't get rid of it but the way their lever ratio is a little is a little bit different that helps that um, engagement point. So um, you guys can look into that. If you don't have a problem with it, that's fine. I'm just kind of picky and I'm finicky, so I like my engagement point um, kind of in the middle. Um, but uh, and also, yeah, also we've been putting uh, time on the Think Technology um, seat foam. It's a closed cell seat foam. It's insane how light it is. If you pick up the seat foam, it's so light. Um, he has covers. Uh, Dan Dilke is the guy over at Think Technology, so we've been putting some time on that. Power washing your bike and power washing your seat, all that water, I shouldn't say all of it, some of that water gets through your seat cover and the moisture gets in your foam, which leaves your foam over time um, very heavy, waterlogged, and then you're gaining weight on the high end of your bike, which is very bad, especially for tipping and corners. So. Dan developed this closed cell foam technology, which other people have as well. Guts Racing has it. I think Dan was one of the first ones to do it. So I've been trying this. Um, the firmness is really good on this Think Technology seat. It is damn expensive though, but you'll never have to worry about getting waterlogged because it's a closed cell foam and not worrying about weight. You actually take almost a pound off of your bike with this foam. So um, that is a high performance product, even though it's a seat foam. Um, density and all that is pretty similar to stocks. A little bit firmer, which I don't mind. Um, I'm used to that. He also has seat covers. Pretty cool. Um, so you guys can go check out um, them on the, the website, Think Technology. Um, you might have to Google it. I don't know exactly what the address is. But um, Google Think Technology, and we've been trying that. Otherwise, that's about it, guys. We've just been uh, charging life on this sucker. I've been riding the shit out of it. Um, between me riding... Honda's period a lot and Michael putting time on this bike um, it's very very reliable it's good and I know you guys bitch about the expensive parts it's going to be because it has two head pipes I've been looking at prices uh, of these mufflers online they're not that much more expensive if any 
So uh, I've crashed on this bike. Michael's crashed. I haven't dented um, either side of the head pipe. If you're an off-road guy, yep, chances are you will dent this sucker if you're going to fall on some rocks, enduro cross, etc. Um, but for moto guys, I don't see the possibility of, of denting it that easy besides roost. Um, but in the act of crashing and all that, it's kind of tucked up in there pretty good, even with the Yosh and the FMF system. So um, damage control is not that bad. So been a fun bike for me to ride. Stay tuned for more on this bike. If you guys do have some questions, you can always hit me up at chris at keyforinktesting.com or um, if you're more of a GP off-road guy and you have this bike, hit up Michael. Um, he has a he has a key for ink address. His is michael at keyforinktesting.com. He's a good dude. Like I said, I trust very few people. Um, sometimes that's why it takes me so long to get some of these tests up on my site or on the podcast because uh, my name is attached to everything I do. I'm just not going to hire some Joe Blow off the street and have me test, so um, bear with me sometimes. But Michael is a trustworthy guy. Um, he makes all the trophies for Pulp MX. Um, I've known him for years through Dirt Rider, and I stole him from there. Thank God he came with me. Um, um, but yeah, um, me and him have been uh, hitting hard on this bike, and no failures, like I said. Uh, drain, same thing. Get that worst connection uh, easy drain to help you drain the oil. It's cool that there's only one entity now. There's only uh, you just use motor oil, boom, bam, beam. You don't have to worry about you know. There's oil separated. It's just like the 450. Um, but I do recommend that easy um, drain from worst connection because, like I said in the other podcasts, it's like a woman's um, urine. You know, pee. They come out all crazy looking. Men's streams are usually nice and. And, uh, and forming. Um, that's how the oil is, pretty much. It just kind of, once you drop that alum boat out, it kind of goes all over the place. Not cool. So get that worst connection, easy drain, and that helps you uh, um, get a more um, streamlined stream. Like that? All right, that's it, guys. 35 minutes in. Hopefully you guys learned something. Um, maybe you laughed a little bit. Hopefully you did that, too. That's what we try to do here. Keep it real. Thank you guys for listening. Please go support the sponsors that help me um, fly racing. Thank you. And don't forget, um, you have any any parts that you need, go to RockyMountainATVMC.com. And also, of course, Race Tech. You guys have any questions about Race Tech, feel free to hit me up. And if, especially if you have a Honda 450, definitely look at their gold valves. You guys want to buy them yourself, so you can go to Rocky Mountain or send your stuff into Race Tech. Tell them Kiefer sent you. And uh, hopefully they'll get you hooked up and uh, on your way down the road. All right, guys. Check you later.